on today's show, we are getting to know Simon. But first, a word from today's sponsors. Andre Psyche is the freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up on any social media. It's Andre Psyche. That's P-S-Y-C-H-E. The next time you are looking to add some creative stimulation to your social media circle. Patreon.com helps creators like me earn a monthly income that will be put towards podcast expenses. Support the Getting to Know You Pod's creative endeavors through Patreon for as little as $2 a month. There are all sorts of costs that I had no fucking idea about associated with posting podcasts, not to mention the need for equipment and production. So dear listeners, if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests or just want to help keep the pod going, go to our Patreon. The links in the description and your support of the Getting to Know You pod is very much appreciated. Two bucks too much? Here are three free ways to help. Get your thumbs ready. One, push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the Getting to Know You pod on. Did that? Thank you. Two, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on your social media like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go ahead, open those apps, click away if you haven't already. Thanks again. Three, go to Apple, write a review. The internet tells me this might be the most important and impactful. So thank you. Your support, dear listener, whether it's with your thumbs through our Patreon or ideally both, is greatly appreciated. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to Getting to hope you like me Because I'm good enough Getting to know you Putting it my way But nicely I'm smart enough You are precisely And doggone it My cup of tea And Simon is by far the best Actually is officially Has the best dad bod In the entire world Thanks to Men's Health Magazine (laughs) Which is a pretty cool honor. I don't know if they sent you a belt or what, but Simon, thanks for coming on the pod and letting people get to know you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Sean, for the invite, mate. Much appreciated. Yeah, so and I don't know if you know anything. You probably don't know much about me, but I've been fucking around with this like dad bod god thing for a while. I work out pretty regularly. I enjoy going for jogs. Don't have the right. six pack. I drink too much and I eat too many carbs, basically, is what I'm finding yeah. out about myself. And well, yeah, that's the standard thing. Yeah, no doubt. Right. And it's, um, it was super interesting when the men's health magazine article came across and like, there you are. And I just Google you, you're a fucking lawyer, which is like, wow, that's kind of interesting in itself. But let's start with the whole like dad bod transformation. And, um, I don't know, man, like the inspiration behind it. Well, you know, I was in the same position. I think a lot of people I know, I mean, you're, you're a perfect example as you started this, right? Didn't necessarily feel unhealthy, tried to do something to keep a little fit and all the rest of it, right? And you kind of go through 
ups and downs of when you get time to go to the gym and then you don't go for a long time. It's like, oh, I do a couple months in the year, then you sort of just, it fades, right? Right. And that, that was sort of where I'd always been. And then, like I said, I think in the article, and it wasn't just that, but, you know, I realized, hey, I'm turning 40, uh, which I just did. And, you know, about to have another kid. And, you know, I was, I was thinking, I looked at myself and then my daughter, who's four, makes this comment. She said, oh, I love you, Papa. And I was like, oh, why do you love me? And she says, well, you're squishy, right? And I thought, shit, I'm not that fat, you know? <laughs> and, I, and I genuinely, you know, I, I mean, my, my pant size was at, what, 31. So I didn't think that was like a, a big pant size, no. you know? But then it kind of just, it was like perspective. I was like, well, I might think I look okay, but perhaps I'm, I'm really not. You know what I mean? And then when I look at those before and after shots, I'm like, holy shit, I really wasn't at all. And it kind of gets masked by these sort of false images or things you have of yourself. And sometimes you you have that feeling because the people you're around are sort of same sort of body type, same sort of lifestyle, right? Typically. And if you're fitter than them, then you think, well, I'm I'm doing great, right? Yeah. It's all relative, right? That's funny. Yeah. You hit an age and it really is relative because you lose, you lose like the, the competitive aspect of like high school, you know, like you, you have gym class, you have sports teams in high school and you're like constantly evaluated against this circle of peers and you know how fast you are, how strong you are, you know, how lean you are, you know, your endurance and all this shit. And then if you're not like in some club or something and you're just hanging out you don't really have something to compare with other than your peer groups. And if you go to the beach or you go to a pool, you take your shirt off and you're like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm top, I'm a top 10 percenter here. You're good. You're like, yeah, fuck the donut didn't hurt me. Right. The extra couple of slices of pizza didn't hurt me. Let me stay with it. And that's a very interesting like mindset or even like a mind trap that I feel a lot of people can fall into because what's America? Fucking fifty-five percent obese or something. We got more obese people than we have fit, apparently. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and this is the other thing, right? So one is you you sort of it, it's relative to the peer group you have, and then you sort start to look at your diet and what you're consuming day to day. And I never thought I was consuming like a crazy high carb diet, a super unhealthy diet, right? And I figured, well, you know, I'm going out with people for networking and so on with my job and all the rest of it. Figure, okay, my work, you know, all right, maybe I have a glass of wine or of your drink. I'm not getting hammered every day, right? And I'm not eating lots of pizza and a whole load of like rice and carbs and all the rest of it. I'm having other things, uh, and occasionally I have my salads and, and all the rest of it. So again, you you get in this false sense of security when you compare it to what everyone else around you is having. Or what you sort of see in the market. And, you know, there's fast food everywhere. So you think, oh, God, I'm not eating McDonald's every day, right? You see the obese people in the streets and all the rest of it. You think, well, I'm not doing that. So I'm, I'm in a way better place. Which, yes, I was in a better place. But there was clearly a lot of room for growth and, and improvement. Yeah, I man. Do you see yourself as like a fitness expert now? Because you've done... So much like introspection. <laughs> I know that's a weird question, but like it, it sounds like you didn't, you weren't too serious about the intricacies of eating. Yeah, before. Before, you mean. before. and that's what I'm wondering, yeah. like how much study like you've been into, how many different groups you've spoken to, just processed well, info. 
Well, I think, you know, this is really important. You know, when I when I signed up with UpFitness, and my relationship with UpFitness is, is a bit of my performance is really interesting because I'm an attorney and I'm their attorney. Oh. <laughs> they, are, they are one of my corporate clients that I serve, right, and advise. So I knew about the business. I knew the owner, the CEO, Nick, and all the rest of it, right, and it helped me get set up in the U.S. So what was really interesting is that when I, a lot of time was spent on, okay, what is your lifestyle? What is it you eat? What is it that you, what's your version of a healthy diet, right? And then, you know, you might say, okay, well, I think X number of calories a day is healthy, right? you know, and kind of the occasional this, the occasional that. But then when it was really distilled down for me, okay, um, then it was it was almost sticker shock, right? There was this immediate uh, identification with, okay, obviously my diet was not as good as I, anywhere near as it should have been. So do I consider myself a fitness expert? No, but I have a very, very good sense, an acute sense now of what one needs to do, what one needs to do in order to make the sort of subtle changes, right? What, what you know, men's health called a simple hack. It wasn't really a simple hack, but in many ways it was, which was let's, Let's kind of get to the macros. Let's see what you're consuming. And when you start to look at those now, right, you you can very quickly fix your diet and then very quickly get to a place, right, where, where you want to shed what you want to shed and then sort of have a sustainable journey thereafter, you know? Dude, I should have started with that, man, because was it a pounds thing that you thought of when you were, like, your goal? Was it to have a six-pack? Was it to just feel firm like in your pecs? Like, and this sounds so stupid, but I noticed, I'm a teacher, so I have off in the summer, and I try to lift weights, do push-ups every day. Not a high, not a high weight, but basic. And it's weird, like I go in the shower, and you, whatever, you got your body wash, and I'm like, yeah. oh shit, man, like you notice a difference in your pecs. And it sounds so weird, but I recall like in December when I don't work out a ton, like I can feel like I've got man boobs. And they're fucking flapping and you're like, oh, that's kind of not. So I'm curious if there's a certain weight, if there's a, once you got the body fat percentage, did that mess with you? Was it a, I just want to look really good in this tank top? (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I hear it. So I think when I looked at it, you know, the approach that sort of ultimate performance takes is, you know, they, 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 if you go to any of their gyms, they sort of have like a wall of all their really, really successful clients, right? for men and women, different age groups and all the rest of it. And they, and they literally say, look at the wall. Who do you think you currently look like and that you want to be like, uh, right? Help us understand what your goal is, what's important to you, hmm. right? And, and so I looked at it and I said, I think I look like that guy and I look at his transformation. So I think that's kind of where I'm at, you know? And so they they then go through a process and and clearly the first thing is well one of the the key things is all right we need to focus on reduction of body fat percentage let's start to strip away that excess fat right and show what you have and then in conjunction with that let's fix how you actually work out in the gym so i'll tell you what i have become you say i ask if i um, do i consider myself a fitness expert right 
No, but I'll tell you what I absolutely have become. And, and I kind of like, shit, I got to check myself from that. But um, I'm a real gym, I've become like a real gym snob. In the <laughs> sense, in the sense that I, or I should say like a gym form snob, or workout form snob. I go in the gym and I look at how people train and I look at how they do their exercises, right? I even look at how the personal trainers train people you know like you go like my local gym is in la fitness that's where i go right and you know they have their, their personal trainers and whatever and i look at them and i think what the hell are these people doing you know you are not going to get a proper workout and get the results you want if you're kind of working out with that sort of tempo and form and all the rest of it so what's happened is this so kind of like circling back it felt a bit all over the place with that answer Firstly, my goal was focus on body fat percentage, right? But I knew body fat percentage is, is somewhat like an easy fix. All right, cut out the carbs. Hmm. But it was it was that plus what do I, how do I need to work out to sort of get the muscle tone that I want and in the right places, right? And then so that I can continue and sustain that, you know? Um, and so a big part of it was also gym form of focusing on that. The tempo is interesting because when I think of myself, when I work out, I don't, I don't keep a pace. I don't keep a clock. I have a weights in my garage. I put on a Netflix <clears throat> comedy and if Will Ferrell's in a really good spot in the movie, I fucking sit there for five minutes and enjoy it. You know, right. like I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. try to keep my heart rate up or anything. I don't set a timer this many yeah. reps within this amount of time. And I'm curious yeah. about the tempo, what you've discovered and why that's so effective. So, so I, when I talk of tempo and pace, I suppose I'm talking about it in two, two respects, right? One is the uh, pace on which I get through an, an entire workout and the intensity that's, that's with that. And I'll give you an example of that in a moment. But the second is the tempo with which I do a single rep. Okay. So there's no, there's no like bouncing, right? There's no like swinging my arms as I'm trying to lift the heaviest dumbbell at all. I'm, I'm really, I, I don't push heavy weights. Right. Right. But my form, you know, what was drilled into me by my, by my trainer, Chris, and what they're very big on is your form has to be perfect. There's no such thing as a cheat rep. If it's, if you cheat a rep, it doesn't count. And it means your weight is either too heavy or you just need to stop hmm. and then take 10 seconds break and then do the rep and get a pure rep. And there is a big difference because I've, I've had people train with me, whether it be my brothers-in-law or other people in the gym train with me. And they're like, Hey, what are you doing different? I said, well, look at how you, you work out, do my session with me. Let's decrease the weight that you currently do, but you now do pure reps. You'll get no cheating allowed, right? You have pure isolation. And you'll feel the difference. And, and in one session, they immediately feel the difference, mm. right? Then, so there's, there's tempo in terms of the rep, right? It's not like a quick rep. It's like, we've got to get it right. Then there's tempo in terms of the overall workout. So everything almost felt like superset. So an example would be eight pull-ups. And then I immediately move after a, a 50 second or a 45 second break. Yeah, 45 second break. I'll go and do, let's say, eight incline chest press. That's one set. And then I've got to do that three times. So it's really like a, a super set, right? So it's not like do your bench, one set, stop, bench again, 
stop, which is what people traditionally do, you know, oftentimes, kind of you're flowing through two exercises, they call them like A1, A2, and then you go to your B1, B2, and you C1, C2. Mm. Um, and, and so it's, there's no, there's no cardio involved, right? I've got, I had no cardio in my workouts, um, but I was operating at such an intensity as a result of that, that I was burning it and really feeling it. I mean, I was dead after every workout, you know? That, man, I, my mind spins, because I've, I've not spoken to too many, um, I don't know, to get into the detail of the fitness, but the A1, A2, B1, B2, and then the lack of cardio, where I start thinking about is, I wonder why like 45 seconds off, why not wait for like your heart rate to hit whatever, 60, or whatever your baseline, close to right. your resting baseline to then jack it up. Mm-hmm. Has anybody like explained that or have you thought through that, read about that? No, no I hadn't. I mean, because they, they, they didn't really want you to get to a complete baseline before you go in and, and, and hit intensity again, you know. So 45 seconds was much more, all right, you've got a moment to catch your breath, right? You catch your breath, but you're still, your heart rate is still going, right? And then we're going to hit it again. So there's not enough time to like get to complete baseline, you know, you're still sort of operating at some level of intensity. Got you. So that's that like slow fat burn. So on my Garmin, you know, you got like five zones and I guess the optimal zone is like that slow three zone three is just that slow burn. I think for me, it might be like 110 beats per minute where you don't feel out of breath exactly, but your body is working to burn. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I think I found for me, it was probably around like, yeah, that 110, 115. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm there. Boom, and then I'm I'm pushing yeah. up again, you know. You got that good like sweat going. You got the glisten where you're not like yeah. dripping through the shirt yet, <laughs> but you're yeah, it, but you're yeah, shiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm so with the pull-ups and then an incline or a decline. For me myself, what I try to do each day is I don't focus on a particular body section. I try to do like mm. shoulder exercise and I match that with like a chest, and then I'll do biceps and triceps, and then I'll do like squats and back. And I'll call it a day and I do core in between. So I try to catch my breath with core. So I might go 12 on a decline. I'll do 12, whatever, butterfly. um, And then Mm -hmm. I'll do 50 sit-ups on a medicine ball or some stupid Mm -hmm. core thing. Mm -hmm. And then I repeat that three times. I'm curious for you, did they try to get you into more like a focused body section daily or was it total body focus for exercise? Yeah, it was was interesting because the first – um, the, the exercises I exercises I did were actually fairly simple, and and they didn't vary much even through the through the through the course of of the, that you know five month period, right? Meaning it was often a back and then chest, right, and then another somewhat back exercise and chest exercise. At the end of my workout, so let's say my C's or my D's, they may have been biceps, triceps, or semi-traps, oh, right? Okay. Um, because those exercises have already been getting worked a little in the, the, the big push exercises, or big pull exercises anyway. So there was, there was never a day where it was like, hey, this is just a bicep day, right? It, but I, I, almost, I was always doing, I was almost always doing chest and back, hmm. right? So it'd be like two days on, one day off, two days on, two days off. That was, that was my thing. Um, but on one of those days, let's say it was chest and back on 
on one day predominantly, right? With then a bit of buys and tries. Then the next day would have been different sort of chest and back, but then they may have had some leg exercises in there. So these were like big body parts that were being worked out, which as a result were anyway working out some of the smaller body parts, the buys, the tries, the traps. So I never did any shoulder exercises other than, like I said, the the flies, right? The dumbbell flies. Hmm. Um, Yet, as you've seen from my pictures, as many people see, you would have thought that I had like very isolated training of every body part, right? Um, And so it was was a lot of whole body working out. In the last, I would say, last six weeks, there was probably more, yes. We'll do strong man, let's say, upper body. And then we'll do, the next session will be more lower body stuff. But that was like right towards the end, right? After we kind of got the body fat down to say 15, 14%, right? Then that last period was much more isolated and one day's upper body, one day's lower body, one day's sort of more more middle, you know, core. And was that to try to get you just to the lowest possible body fat you could tolerate without killing yourself? I I, um, I think that was more to now start because you you see the muscle definition. It was to sort of emphasize and exaggerate the okay. muscle definition that you now needed to bulk in those areas, gotcha. right? Because the diet was really taking care of the body fat for the most part, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. Speaking to so many different people, um, I've noticed like it's it is simple. Like the men's health title of like simple hack really should just be like, eat better. That's ultimately the hack. And like so much of just eating better, even if you don't really exercise, so much of just eating better and cleaner will take care of all this excess weight you people tend to carry around. I can, I carry around. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, a lot, a lot came out of it because what, you know, every, when that when that article got posted, right? I think that I started to see negative comments. Oh, why are men in health calling this a simple hack? That's bullshit. You know, this guy was driving seventy miles each way. It was the workout. Kudos to make you know they're making it sound over simple, oversimplified. But it but it really is. It's the thing that most people are not prepared to do, right? Like, hey, you got to cut out the alcohol, or a de minimis amount of alcohol. You know what I mean? I think in that five month period, I had a total of nine drinks. Oh wow! That's it, and I and I love I love a drink, right? Um, I was super strict on on maintaining my macros, and I knew I was operating a massive deficit. But after the first two weeks, I I didn't feel like I was suffering. I was sleeping better. I was feeling very sharp, despite eating on average about eleven hundred calories a day and only fifty grams of carbs, right? Um, I was feeling fantastic. Come out of that period. Now I can eat whatever I want, but I'm much more, my body's much more in tune with what I put in my body, right? So in the food I eat. So when I consume something, it my body kind of always instantly tells me, hey, that's some pretty shitty food you've given us <laughs> and always wants to reject it. So it's like a good check for me, right? Yeah. Because um, you know what like health feels uh, like, right? Like, and that's, that's the thing that I've yeah. noticed is some people feel like shit for so long that they don't, or they forget what good feels like. Yes. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So um, I think, you know, it it is a simple hack, which is focusing on the quality of stuff and what you're putting into your body. You need to fix that. 
right? Um, I've had a few people who've said to me, hey, Simon, can we follow your program? Tell us what exercise we should do and what we should be eating. And I tell them, and without fail, so far out of, I'll, I'll say, like the, the seven or eight people that have right, asked, and I'm talking about seven or eight people who are maybe very close friends or like the family members, right? Only one of them has been able to stick to the diet, right? And the others have, they, like, after a few weeks, they, they, they gave up. If you need that level of discipline, you know? Yeah. Do they tell you what made them give up? What made them give up? You know, it's, oh, it's too hard, man. Like, I, I, I've got this craving. I want to have my rice or I want to have my drinks or I want to have my bread and whatever, right? And, and you know, I'm Indian. I have a lot of Indian friends. Um, a lot of, even though Indian food isn't necessarily a, a high-fat diet, there are a lot of carbs and in, in a lot of the foods we eat, right, the, the naan breads, the rice, um, a lot of the lentils, you know, people think, oh, lentils are super healthy, right? Yellow dal and all that. They are healthy because they've got a lot of good protein in them, right? And so a lot of vegetarians rely on them. But they've also got a hell of a lot of carbs in them, which cause a lot of the bloating a person has. Really? And they don't eat yeah. No shit. Yeah. And, if, and, and so that's what I'm saying. When you, when you start to look at the macros of what you're eating – your food choices and, and, and everything looks very, very different huh. all of a sudden. Can I you know? actually stay there for a second just because maybe I don't understand. When you say macros, what are you referring to? Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm talking about the carbs, the actual carb content, the protein content, and the fat content, right? So a per- perfect example, right? If I eat a grilled chicken breast, right? I'm probably going to get in five ounces of grilled chicken breast, something like 33 grams of protein, and I'm going to get zero grams of carbs, and I'm going to get maybe six grams of fat. So nice and lean, right? If I have a uh, a, a curry or, or let's look at a pasta, right? Um, I'm probably going to have 40-odd grams of it's a spaghetti dish, right? I'm probably going to have in mean, a pomodoro about 44 grams of carbs in that. I'm probably going to have about 18 grams of fat in there, right? It's not too fatty. And my protein is probably going to hover around nine to 10 grams of protein, right? If I look at a bowl of lentils, yellow dal, right? Um, if I have a bowl of lentils, Indian, Indian dish, which lots of People think it's very healthy, and it's not unhealthy, don't get me wrong. But when you're trying to focus on, on kind of cutting out your carbs, right, you look at a bowl of dal, that's got about 13 grams of protein, which is great, five grams of fat, so it's pretty low fat, but it's got about still about 28 to 32 grams of carbs. Holy shit. Right? And so perfect example, my business partner sort of saw what I went through. And he's like, bro, I don't understand this. I don't eat much bread, rice, because I was telling him what I had to do. So, you know, I don't really eat bread or rice or pasta. I don't really eat that at all. But I have loads of dal and I have loads of these, like, you know, kidney beans or whatever, whatever. And I'm just eating that. And, and like, where's it coming? I said, yeah, but do you know what the macros on those things are? And when he looked at them, he was like, holy shit. All this time I was eating this, thinking this is super healthy, right? Because that's what I've understood. Because it is considered healthy. But there is that many carbs in it. And if you're having a lot of that, all those carbs are just constantly bloating you, yeah, you know? Right. And so he's had to really fix his diet now to understand what he has to cut out. And 
doesn't mean you can never have it again. I have it now, but I can have it in a more sustainable way because I've got my body to understand how much we'll take on and other things will add to that meal, you know? Yeah. Uh, so when I talk about macros, that's what I'm focused on. Gotcha. And you could just check that from like the straight nutrition label on the box. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like and, I've got to Google, I've got to have some special app or anything. No, it's just... no. You just look at the nutrition label and in fact it says carbs, protein, yeah. fat, sodium. I didn't focus on like sodium or sugar or any of that. I just, I looked at those three, right? Protein, carbs, fat. Here's another interesting thing because and when I looked at carbs, I looked at total carbs. Because, you know, keto is a, is a pretty big diet, fat diet or, or, or way, right? And in keto, what they look at, when they look at their carbs, they don't look at total carbs. They look at net carbs. So they take the total carb content, they deduct the fiber from it, huh. right? And they say, these are my net carbs. So that's why a lot of things you see in the stores, they're like net carbs, five grams. It means it's high in fiber, right? Okay. But the total carbs on that might be... 18 grams so mine was not a high fat diet it was not a net carb diet i had to focus on total carbs and it makes it that much harder then you know yeah well it's funny man because you say um a serving of pasta 44 right and you're talking about hey i have 50 carbs a day and i'm like oh cool so i could still have spaghetti for dinner and then in my head i'm like well then you can't have any other fucking carbs all day. Like, yeah, can, can I even brush my veggies. teeth with toothpaste? <laughs> like, I want to go check my, like, it's, it, it's like that to me is where if I tried to do this and I, that's why I'm curious about the other people, it wouldn't be so much the cravings as the convenience and just, this is how I eat. It's, it's worked into my day. It's into my shopping habits. Right, like that's a huge yeah. change in your shopping cart and your cooking style. Let alone the eating and the craving, just in your daily habits of this is what dinner looks like. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, look, as went to you know, I said I'm Indian. So my wife and I were big foodies. I, I trained as a chef in Italian cuisine. We love pasta, right? I mean, our, our, our food every day. We make our fresh dough for our pizzas, for example. You know, so. We, Food is a big thing for us as a family, right? You know that that, that sort of meal time, and so this really required a drastic change. And 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 honestly, it's not easy because you're kind of going against the grain of everything you've done, and you're really telling everyone around you, "Hey, I'm going to be stubborn about this. I'm doing this for me, right?" Yeah. And I want to go back to the relativity of of, of, sort of the influence of the people around you. You know, doing something like this, which I really think anyone can do. Um, first you go through that. The other thing you go through is everyone around you, your buddies or whatever, your wife, your partner, like, oh, come and have a drink. And, you know, you sort of feel awkward saying no, you know, it's e it's way easier to say, yeah, look, I'm going to have a drink. Um, it's much easier to eat what you're, you're used to eating. But once you build this habit, it, it's just sort of accepted. And then what was interesting is now the people, the same people I was going out with and they knew I'm not having a drink. Now they were sort of looking at themselves and saying, you know, actually I don't need a drink. I'm okay with just a club soda and lime. Right. You know, it's Wednesday. I don't need to have a drink. You know, all of a sudden my partner or my wife or whoever is sort of looking at the meal at the dinner table, you know, and is saying, all right, you know what, I'm feeling bad now because if, if he or she is eating like that, I feel a bit, I, I should probably make the effort and, and also eat. So you end up having, after you go through sort of that 
the pushback. You're not having a, a positive influence on the people around you, you know, um, and I, I, which I think is a good thing. You're sort of helping change people's habits in, in, in the right way. I don't think anything bad can come from it, you know. Yeah. Maybe I'm just whatever the personality type is. I don't know if it's egotistical or if I'm overly sensitive, but I feel like I would be offensive if I'm like, whatever, hey, let's go out for pizza, cool. Can I just get a grilled chicken breast? And then yeah, like, I feel I like that I would present myself in like an uppity way towards others that would make them feel uncomfortable. And I'm curious yeah, I, about I, I, like I totally blowback it. wise, did people come at you be like, Quit being such like Mr. Yeah, they're like, stop being such a fucking dick. Like, just cheat. Have, you know, it doesn't matter. What, you know, why do you need to do this? And I suppose that's the other thing, right? Like, what's your why? You know, why do you need, I don't need to do this, but I wanted to do this, right? And I'm, I'm very headstrong. If I set my mind to something, I'm going to do it, you know? And, and you, you do this for yourself. You know, the problem we have, I think, is, generally especially these days in life whatever it might be let's leave fitness aside for a second whether it be work our careers whether it be anything we do in life oftentimes we're doing things because of other people often we we kind of it's like that keeping up with the joneses effect right like we are in, in every way shape or form trying to satisfy everyone around us right and what we're not doing is saying hey man i'm gonna be a bit selfish here and for me in this that's exactly what it was I said, I'm going to be a bit selfish about this. I knew the net result is, man, if I look like this at the end of it, it's going to be great for me. And I think people are then going to start to appreciate it, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, man, I, I did get that blowback. I'd go to the restaurants and everyone's ordering whatever they want. I'm like, hey, can I just get grilled chicken or can I just get this? And ultimate performance were really good with that. You know, I would, if I had to go and eat out, because I was still networking, I would, if I didn't know what to pick, I would send the menu to my trainer and he'd say, you can have this. And if there was not something on the menu that I could have, they would call the restaurant and take the awkwardness out and say, we've got a client that's coming there. Can you make this for them? No shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, you know, they didn't have to do that for me. But my point being that there was this, this heavy investment where they're sort of taking the awkwardness out. So the blowback was there. But I think, again, after a period of time, like I said, the first time I said, hey, I ain't going to have a drink when all my buddies are having a drink. Yeah. You know, I went to my friend's wife's 40th birthday and he's like, come on, man, have a drink with me. And I was like, mate, I'm not going to have a drink, you know. And it was awkward, but he had no idea what my body transformation was looking like. Yeah. When he saw the photos, he was like, holy shit, you know. And now you're like the poster child for the group <laughs> and, um, and, and, the, and the people around you. So I think you... you Again, it, it, it's a mental game, right? I said one is sort of concentration on the food, but it's a mental game. You kind of just got to be able to be like, hey, I'm doing this for me because I will be better for this. Yeah, it really is funny how drinking is is so encouraged, though it's so unhealthy. Like nobody does that with cigarettes, right, anymore. Nobody's like, come on, no. man, have a smoke with me. I'm smoking a cigarette. And you're like, ah, maybe kids do it with vaping. I'm not sure. But yeah. like alcohol, especially as you're getting older, man, and I've I've got to deal with my own drinking issues um, at some point in my life. But it's it really is social. Like it's one of the first and easiest things you do to build camaraderie. Like, what do you think of? Oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, let's go grab a drink. 
of course, it's like, let's go grab a drink. Let's do happy hour. Yeah. Right? So when you drink, you know, your body starts to crave other things and then you start to eat salty and unhealthier foods, right? That happens. And, and you know, there's all these amazing craft cocktails, right? Like that's been the yeah. du jour thing of the last couple of years. And it's like, where can I get the best drink? Everyone's talking about, oh my God, the, the bartender's there, they make their own bitters, they do this, they smoke their old fashions, whatever. They put bacon in it, you know? And, and so like it, getting out and socializing, it, it, it's a huge this is the social lubricant, right? This is what people want to do. They just want to connect and be out and have fun. But but we 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 suffer for it now. Yeah, I was not fun for a few months, unfortunately. <laughs> but now now you know, like I do have a drink. I'm gonna after this. I'm gonna. My dad just flew in from England. My parents are here to spend time with their grandson, right, and their grandkids, and I'm gonna have a drink with him. I've got. I love drinking scotch and wine and all the rest of it. But now. When I go out and I drink, I sort of will have a couple of drinks and maybe not have as many as I used to beforehand. But like I was a raving alcoholic because I'm like, shit, man, if I have this many, I'm probably going to feel like crap. It's going to have an impact on sort of my body composition. So, you know, I'm only, I'm only have a couple of drinks and I'm good, you know, and I'm not going to have too many cocktails because they're too easy to go down. And... My wife loves it because she's like, you're not coming home like a drunk arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> you don't snore as much. This is so yeah. great. I get to sleep yeah, through the like, night too. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you're so much better now that you're not drinking as much. Like, you're not asking me, hey, you come here and drunk tonight. So, you know, God, I painted a really bad picture of myself. But um, yeah, I think it, it was a big thing. Yeah. it's No, man, I think most people publicly don't state how much they actually drink. So if like me on Twitter, me just being in social media and following mm. men's health, just following different health publications. You see the studies of, I think it's like 14 drinks a week for a guy, I believe it's like nine drinks a week for a female. And then people mm. start trying to break that down and they start trying to rationalize how they can do that and how they hit that metric. So now this standard is set, which in turn, when you publicly admit yeah, dude, I could have fucking three, four cocktails a day. I could finish, like, dude, the pandemic, I think the pandemic helped people to realize I can easily do a bottle by myself a wine a day. And it won't like, and? And? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. in real life, you're like, you drank a bottle of wine last night and you came to work? You'd be like, no. But like, the right. some of the I pandemic, people were like, fuck, man, I put away a lot of booze. And I guess I'm okay with that. But for some reason, they won't admit it. And it's funny when you right. were talking about like, now nah, I'm painting myself unhealthy I've, or like a schmuck. I feel like actually that's probably, thank you for being honest because I feel like that's pretty realistic. You go out to happy hour, who can't bang four fucking cocktails in like an hour and a half, two hours, 15 exactly. minutes each. Not, like they're, yeah. that's not hard. Yeah. Yeah. V v very, very Especially true. if they're half price. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I hear you. I think... Um, you know, a, a, a sort of a lot of kind of making these, hey, I, I'm my, not doing these things. This is how I'm going to change my habits, you know. Um, it, it helps. It, it clearly helped a lot and, 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 was, and for me was, was very sustainable and was a big eye-opener for me. Yeah. A big eye-opener. I'm curious about going out and networking without drinking. 
Like, I feel like I'd have been the dude to be like, yo, I just call it like five DUIs or <laughs> like I have a partner who's in Alcohols Anonymous. So I'm trying to do this solid. Like I'd have made up some stupid story as the excuse. But right. I, why I would do that is because I wouldn't want it to be a topic of conversation because I wouldn't have to like, right. justify and I'm like, dude, can it just not be the fucking buzzkill thing? Because I'm already feeling weird that y'all are feeling good. And I'm apparently not feeling good. And now I'm lame. And I'm yeah. curious, did you discover anything about yourself, like sober Simon, when you went out versus like comparing him to sipping Simon? Yeah, for, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it did. You know, look, because it was so normal to, to go out and have a drink with everyone, right? It's almost like a race of like, how many drinks can you have? You know, like... The, the being out and the fun thing was, oh, let's try as many different drinks, right? And, and, and have a laugh and get a bit of a buzz. And so if you immediately stop, it's like, hey, why are you not part of this game? But what I realized and what clearly happened, yeah, the first few times it was awkward, right? The first few times it was a bit of a buzzkill, a bit awkward. I was like, no, you guys carry it. It's all good. I'm, I'm fine with what I'm doing because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to be drinking. And... Then after, like I said, the first few times where it was all good, what I've realized about myself that I I could still be fun right, and be involved in good banter, you know, uh, as we say in England, like in good chat and have a laugh without being drunk, without being a little bit sloppy and silly. Right. And you realize, shit, man, actually, all I'm doing is I'm just being sloppy, which makes me look a bit silly, and we all have a laugh, right? Mm. Whereas... Now, I'm. I can have no drinks, still be out, and still have a laugh with the guys, and kind of enjoy their buzz with them. But I can still make fun of them. I make fun of myself, and I'm I'm feeling comfortable to go and talk to whoever and, and do whatever I want. You know what I mean? So I realize that I could have the same high, mm-hmm. almost. And I don't know if it's a chemical chemical reaction or otherwise, but I I could have the same high as the people. I was around without having a drink. It just took a few times for me to get over what you said is when you when you first turn it down, right? Or when you first order that grilled chicken and the salad when everyone's at a pizza joint, you know? When the first few times mentally you're getting in your own way and feeling awkward about it, once you accept it that, hey, it's okay for me to be like this, like this is an okay thing, once you overcome that, something changes in your wiring and in your your mood right where you don't feel like a schmuck and you now start to be fun and happy as you were when you were drinking not to say that drinking is the only thing that makes you happy but you know yeah in that context of what we're talking about no yeah definitely because it i mean social lubricant it's called that for a reason yeah <laughs> dude what do you do with all the money you were saving by giving up drinking. I can't imagine the fucking cocktail bills that all of a sudden, like your kids must have one of the best 403Bs or college plans right now. <laughs> I was investing, I guess. Um, Bitcoin, investing fucking Bitcoin saving, millionaire. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> saving saving up for a new house. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, look, yeah, geez, it was definitely more money in the pocket, right? I wasn't, my bills were going down from hundreds of dollars to like double digits. So like, this is amazing. Yeah. You know? Um, so again, another benefit, I think you, you, you can sort of, you find other things to do then. Yeah. That's 
that's part of the appeal for me. It's definitely part of the appeal of drinking at home versus going out because cut your cost in half, if not two thirds easily. But man, I think often I did my budget the other day and I was like, can I keep my monthly drinking under $200? Like I just set a goal to not give it up completely, but to just really try to track it to be like, now, I'm not talking about just fucking buying at home and getting a case of wine to get a 10% discount, but it's like right. 200 a month, man. Like if I just put 200 in an envelope and you only spent cash when you drank. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you, that was it. yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm trying, I'm very interested to see how it goes for me. What are we in 10 days in? And I've probably spent $190. So I don't know if I'll make it, <laughs> but you know, look, I, I, you bring up a really good point and, and, and also you, a really interesting approach because with me, I went from like zero to a hundred. I like went cold turkey immediately. I'm not drinking. I'm not going with my carbs. I was very strict. There are a number of people that are on that program and all the performance when I was going to the gym that were also doing this thing right there at their gyms and they were still drinking. And I could hear them. They'd like, they'd say to their trainer, I'd overhear the conversations. Yeah, I only, I only had two drinks this weekend. Or I'm only going to have like four drinks this evening when we go for the wine tasting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that meant their progress was longer and they weren't going to end up with the same result, you know? Um, so if it's not possible to, like, not everyone can just go cold turkey, right? I'm not saying I'm special or anything, but that was the approach I took. Um, if people could say, hey, I will slow this down incrementally and then sort of like wean it off, right? And you, you might go from once you hit your $200 target, hey, I got under $200. All right, what if I can go under $100? Yeah, right. Right? And the journey is going to be longer. That's okay because you are incrementally building better habits into your life, right? And um, again, I think that can only be a good thing because it has very much been impressed upon us and it's just become the norm. Social drinking, going out, restaurants, go out, network, drink, right? Like, that's it. And yeah. and you need to find a way to crack that and just really hold on. It's, I can still do this in a healthy way. Yeah, I, it's, it's the weird, for me with the networking, when you hear that word networking, you want to be positive and put your best self forward. You want to be part of a group. And then if you isolate yourself from the group, that's the amazing thing to me that you're able to have the confidence and do this because you're trying to connect, network, but then you're separating by not doing what the network is doing at the moment, you know? So it's ballsy as hell, man. I guess that's why I'm like almost perseverating on it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and look, there's, look at it from the other perspective. You now, you don't want to be the topic of conversation, maybe with a buzzkill initially, right? But now you, then you start to become the topic of conversation. Ah, right. You know, oh, okay. You don't, you, you've not been doing, oh, you're on this fitness journey. Oh, where are you looking to get? Holy shit. This is where you want to get. Oh man, let me get on that program. Okay. I get it. And now people remember you and like in a lot of networking groups, I'm involved in the networking group I'm involved in. Um, people know me as the guy, Hey, Simon, Hey, Simon's the guy that's that really shredded lawyer. <laughs> All right. It's, it's, it's a silly thing, but the point is he's on this crazy health thing. People are coming up to me. I'm, there's a way that you know you're remembered, and, but I'm no more. No more. Oh, dude, he's the guy that I've drink. Yeah, that's you, a good you know? point. Yeah, because then you make yourself kind of exclusive in that manner. And if you have yeah. the confidence to deal with the awkwardness at first, you turn into 
I feel like novelty has a negative connotation, but a yeah. novelty in a sense of like, fuck, he's he's that dude. Yeah, and I think it just takes a, a, a little bit of time. That's why I, I you know, the, the the thirty days to form a habit. That's why that's always the hardest part because those that first time you're doing it, everyone you're around you is dead set against you breaking the mold, right? Yeah, you're not part of our group. You're not part of our pack, right? What are you? What the fuck are you doing? Changing this. But then it gets to a point of they're almost they're your cheerleaders, mm. you know. Hey man, yeah, we see you change. Oh, this is awesome what you're doing. Can't wait to see your results, you know. And that sort of motivates you more and more and more. And and you know, going back to the very first thing, to bring full circle to what you said about inspiration, I think the other thing is this: mate. the quality of the ingredients we have in our diets today, like say here in the US and in lots of parts of the world. But the quality of the ingredients we have, the um, rate of obesity, the number of people I know, 40s, 50s, had heart attacks, right? Are dying. Like, there is a real problem here. Yeah. And, there is, and, and so I want to be around, you know, I've just had my second, my wife's just had our second child. I want to be around long enough to enjoy them. I don't want to die of a heart attack, um, you know, at, in my mid-40s in a few years in my kids' and I've not been able to enjoy it for what? So, yeah, I I wanted to make, I, I needed to put brakes on and change that lifestyle because I started to see this. And, and, and the reality is I think it, it's, we see it a lot. The numbers are there, right? We are more stressed. It's the number one killer because everything is work, 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 right? Um, we out to you network because you're trying to generate business. In your networking, you're drinking a lot of the time and not eating well. Quick, quick road to the grave, you know, and but it's celebrated. Yeah, well, because it's marketed, right? Like it's marketed for business aspects. Yeah. Yeah, I think the kid motivation for me, and I'm 40, I turned 41 this summer. The kid mm. motivation when I hit that $200 number is because I was putting 250 a month in my kid's 403B. Right. And I analyzed my budget and I'm like, am I really going to spend more money on booze than I am on my kid? And like right. I lined that shit up and I was like, damn, dude. Like just grabbing a drink, especially like in the summer. I'm a teacher. I'm off. Mm. Go for a bike ride. The sun's feeling yeah, good. Yeah. Let's get a cocktail. Fuck it. Cocktail to go. Woo. Yeah. $30. And you do that 10 times. 10 times a month. It's $300. You're not even talking about a bottle of wine with dinner. Right. And I was like, fuck, man. If I have a bottle of wine with dinner 10 times a, a month, I'm like, that's easily $100. Plus going out, yeah. I'm like, dude, I really care about I care about booze twice as much as my kid monetarily. I'm like, that doesn't yeah. match my heart. But it's funny that people don't also kind of plan like that with their health because I'm sure they love their kids. People love their kids. And then like you don't want to be around to be the grandpa that can do shit with the grandkids and help out. Are you going to be the grandpa that's almost in, like immobile? Like that? Yeah. that's not fun and that's not helpful. No, no. And I think what you'll see is, and I'm surprised we don't see, you know, the data is out there. I, I can't, I don't know many people like our age 
that don't know someone who's not too far off them age-wise that died very suddenly. Um, you know, 50 is young. We, we should be having a longer life expectancy. Yeah. And, and it's kind of obesity is happening quicker in kids and life expectancy is kind of going the wrong way. Yeah. In some respects. Right? Why? Because of the shit we're putting in our body and we're just not taking care of ourselves. I, dude, I wanted to go back because the 30 day habit, and I wanted to ask this about the workout regimen. Yes. If I don't eat, so I can skip breakfast and go for a jog, and for some reason that takes away my hunger, takes away my stomach Mm -hmm. growling. I have a very hard time skipping breakfast and lifting weights. And I don't lift heavy, but I do Mm -hmm. lift weights. And I'm very curious when you change your diet so suddenly, how did that affect the working out initially? Yeah. So, um, again, interesting. First, I never skipped a meal, right? I was having about four meals a day. Oh, really? Okay. okay. Or, or I'd say like three meals a day and then like small snacks gotcha. in between, right? Um, so I was making sure I was eating. Certainly at the beginning, um, I felt low energy, but it was, it took about seven to 10 days because you, you're in the state of ketosis. It took about seven to 10 days for my body to accept that, hey, we're not getting the carbs we need. We think we need as the energy source. <laughs> that's a good, right? That's a good way that, to frame yeah, it. Yeah, that we think, yeah. What is like, okay, I don't need the carbs that I thought I needed from the food anymore. Where else am I going to get the carbs from and the energy? I'm going to get it from my fat stores. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I had no problem, you know, with e- any energy whatsoever working out at all. And I, were, I was much more, so it's interesting, right? On a, on a essentially 1,200 calorie, 1,100 calorie sort of diet, right? I had more energy in the gym, more energy outside the gym than I did beforehand. What was the workout like? Like when you hit the gym sporadically before compared to when you had the trainer and it was much more focused, what was the difference in the workout or compare them a little bit? Well, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, two things were, were different. Like I said, one is the tempo and the form, right? And intensity. So before... I was sort of, you know, go in, all right, yeah, I'm going to do a back day today and maybe throw something else in there, right? How long, how quickly I did the exercises, you know, how heavy can I do my weight, um, rip through it, and then um, not have any real concentrated focus on the muscle being worked out, right? Hmm. Um, bouncing the, the, the breaks, you know, I was looking at my phone, send a text message, whatever, kind of, try and find this perfect song I want to hear, check an email. You know what I mean? I was operating at very moderate intensity. I may have been in the gym an hour before, and I've been in the gym an hour afterwards, so the time in the gym, but the effectiveness of what I was doing in the gym, in the gym, considerably different, right? I was hyper-focused on, I'm here to get a proper workout. I'm not here to fucking socialize. I'm not here to take a picture. I'm not here to like, throw weights around, get in, hyper-focused on the workout 
and get the best I can out of it. And that's why I said when I talked about being a gym snob, I walk into a gym now and I see what people are doing and you got these people, oh, let me do the heaviest way I can and get one rep. What's the point? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of kids in the gym, right? Let me take my photos. Oh, let me go and sit here and talk for like 15 minutes to someone. You've got to understand what's the reason for going to the gym. And you're there to go in and get a proper workout, right? And before to after was exactly that. Before I was just going in and working out, thinking this is what a workout's supposed to be, right? Without any real knowledge or guidance, to then afterwards knowing very having a very clear plan about what my workout looked like, the intensity in which it had to happen, right? Um, the focus with which it had to happen. And that's why I said when people have trained with me who've been in the gym longer than I have and they work out with me, they're like, holy shit, man, this is completely different. Yeah, I'm not doing any like weird or wonderful exercises. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's something I'm sitting here self-reflecting on my my own habits. And I'm like, yeah, man, I do my, again, so like typical, I'll do something bicep, I'll do something tricep, I'll do something core. That's one set. I do that three times. But in between as I catch my breath, fucking scrolling through Instagram, check my text messages. And then you can, all of a sudden that's four or five minutes away where you've, now you're behind in set. And part of what I find, and this is what I'm interested in because you're a lawyer, you've got family obligations. I wonder how many people feel their lives are too busy for the gym because they just don't gym efficiently. Yes, there's that. And I think that's like a common excuse. And this was the other thing I found out, right? Uh, it's a common excuse for everything. Let's leave the gym aside. You say to someone, hey, someone says, I want to go away on holiday, right? They're in corporate America. I want to go on holiday. But all of a sudden, especially as a business owner, it's somewhat easy when you're an employee. You sort of say, hey, I'm blocking my time off because we have two weeks off a year, <laughs> no right? Doubt. And you can leave. But, you know, as a business owner, which I am as an attorney, um, it feels like there's never enough time. You know, I've got young kids or kids now. I've got family life. I've got business to run, employees to deal with, life, right? There's no time. But then you tell people, you put it on your schedule. Once it's on your calendar, your life now starts to fit around that. And all of a sudden, there are enough hours in the day. I've got this friend who's an attorney, business owner as well. He always wants to, you know, go away. He always... We always have this conversation about not having time. And we say, but if you put it on your calendar, it's going to happen. And your clients know that you're going to be away during this time. Everyone knows there's going to be a bit of downtime. You'll be better for it because you've taken the time off, right? And it's scheduled. The same was with the gym. You think, people think they may not have enough time to go. But if it's you make it your routine and it's on your calendar... It's going to happen and the rest of your life will continue to happen, no problem. There's that sort of routine and that sort of efficiency. And then there's, going back to what you're saying, being in the gym also is the same thing. When I go to the gym, I'm going to go and all I'm going to do is get a focused, intense workout. I'm not going to go there and worry about checking my phone every two minutes and talking to whoever I see because I recognize someone or my, or my spot, my partner that goes with me. We go in, we get a good workout and we get the hell out of there. Then we'll check our phone and all the rest of it, you know? So go to the gym and do in the gym exactly what you intended to do and you're supposed to be doing. I'm curious your workout mentality or your health mentality prior 
to this experience? Like, how was that developed? Did you play high school sports? Did you train for anything before you had this revelation? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, when I was in when I was in school, I play what you call soccer here, right? What you call football. <laughs> I played that, played rugby. You know, the typical sports one would play in, in the UK. And I was I was very fit as a kid. Okay. Right. Um, then I got into work after university, and sort of work took precedence, and I didn't really. I w- my only activity, as I said, was this intermittent. Hey, I'm going to go to the gym. And it might have only lasted a few months in the year, and that's it, right? And then I travel a lot with my work. Um, and then I got to like a really fat stage as well in my <laughs> life. Um, there was a time when I was like a size 36 waist. If you saw my photos, you're like, oh my God. Um, 36. So like that's, I mean, it's yeah. funny, man. I don't really understand if it is legitimately inches, like you're three feet around, but a 36 to a 31 is a lot of fucking extra. For a dude, yeah. it's like serious yeah, beer belly. Exactly. Yeah. So there was a time when I was that right. Like right now, I'm a 27 waist. Jesus. Um, and how tall are you? Five ten and a half. Oh my. Yeah. We're basically the same fucking size. They're 27 yeah. waist. Jesus, dude. That really makes people like. I hear these numbers and I'm like, fuck. I'm decently. I really am like you were before. You don't realize how much extra you're just carrying around. That's fucking useless. Yeah. When you when yep. you think about everything, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like going no, from a 36 to a 27, and basically you're working out with purpose and changing your diet, like wow, that's that that's that is pretty remarkable. Yeah, so I think my mentality before was, yeah, I'm like I said, I thought it's not like you know for a lot of people their weight affects their confidence, right? So person, oh, but I'm overweight, I feel confident, I'm not comfortable in my skin, my body, whatever. Now, you saw my before photos. I did not look in good shape, but I thought I was all right. So my mentality, my health mentality was, I'm eating relatively healthy. I'm not eating out all the time. I occasionally through the year may decide, hey, I'm going to start working out a bit, right? Um, I ran a marathon in 2016. I've never been a long distance runner, um, but I decided to do it, right, for charity. And I, and I did that, and I, and I felt great. But then I didn't do it again. It's like a bucket list item and I did it and, and checked it off. So intermittently, I thought I was healthy. And as I said, I wasn't unhealthy, but I felt generally quite good about myself. And I thought I was generally in decent shape. What right? did you, um, so I, the marathon thing I'm kind of curious about, like, did you train for that? Did you do a six, eight week long distance running? Yeah, I, I trained for about three and a half months for that. Right. With, with a couple of friends, I was I was part of a um, a, a charitable organisation, the Rotary Group. Rotary's you know Rotary International is everywhere in the world, um, and so I was part of that. And they they were raising money, um, and that year in particular, a couple of the members were decided they were going to do the marathon, the LA marathon. So one of my buddies was doing it, and he was never a runner at all, and. Um, so he said, "Why didn't you come with me for a run?" So I went with him for a run. And I was like, "Man, I'm I'm doing better than him. So if he could do it, I could do this." Thing. So I sort of feel like I got totally pumped or tricked into doing it. And yes, I trained, and and it was a great experience. Um, so you see, before my mentality was, "I think I'm healthy. I I feel okay. 
myself. Yeah. My mentality afterwards is, in hindsight, God, you really were not healthy at all. You clearly didn't appreciate the crap you were putting in your body, right? Um, because you just weren't in tune with listening to your body, right? And um, now I understand what being healthy means. And 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 I think this is an important thing, you know. Does being is it's easy for me to say, oh, I know what being healthy means. Does that mean being healthy means you have to have a six pack and all the rest of it? No, not at all. Because it's not for everyone. It'd be boring if everyone was the same body shape, right? <laughs> but being healthy, I think I've understood and and means to me that I have better habits overall, right? I eat better, I eat cleaner, I get up and go for walks at night each day, you know, I'm getting good fresh air into my lungs, I'm more active, I'm not so, you know, sedentary. Yeah. Right? And that to me, I'm sleeping better. That to me is being healthy. So the body is almost kind of now ancillary and much more byproduct of my healthy habits you know what i mean and older for performance yeah they are very big on hey do you, what's the body shape you want to get to but they are constantly constantly emphasizing and constantly backing up with what we're really doing is encouraging and giving you tools to maintain healthy habits you know so you're not tied into us for some fad diet it's like hey these are the tools you need we're teaching you to fish. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why I, I really like the appeal of the macros. And it's like, hey, man, because it's simple. Like, focus on these three things. And it's kind of easier to keep a tally of it that way. And then you get some basic rules and you make a little basic schedule. Hey, man, hit the gym for an yeah. hour a day. Get in six different sets of a body workout. And you're like, oh, okay, I can, I, I can start. Now you can start making those steps, you know, and like right. organize your day. And then... The thing I like that um, I've never really had too much of a problem with energy. Maybe it's because I drink uh, too much like vodka Red Bull. But it's one of those things where people who are lethargic are you're like your body traps you instead of you using your body. And that mm -hmm. has to fucking suck. And I, I go to happy hour and I'm like, yeah, who wouldn't be done with their day at six o'clock after going to happy hour? And it's like, dude, you have a right. whole nother fucking four hours if you want. That, that you can watch yeah, The Godfather exactly. twice. You want to do that every <laughs> night? And just give away that time? Like, no, go for a walk, get your steps. You know, and yeah. dude, I'm super. Actually, uh, before I get to the, what I'm also curious about, what'd you run your marathon in? I want to see if I beat you when I ran my marathon. I, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you beat me. Don't be I sure. did it in four and a half. 440. Okay. 440. Snuck it out, dude. Four, so 422 on my end. I, yeah. I, you know, it was really annoying. I should have, I was expecting, <laughs> with all the training I did, with all the training I did, here's me, you, you know my excuse is coming. But with all my training I did, I was like, I'm going to bang about a three hour, 55 minute marathon. Yeah, that was, was my goal. On, For some reason, I think yeah, if you're a novice, if you can get under four, you feel good about yourself. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, man, I'm on it. And, and all my training up to that was, I was on there, no problem, like without any issue. 
come the day of the marathon, I run and at mile 21, my, my, I don't know if it was my ankle or whatever, but it just like gave in. It didn't give way, it didn't twist it, it was none of that bullshit, I'm not making that excuse. It just gave in. And so for the last five miles, oh. my pace was really good. Those last five miles, I had to do so much walking and then running. Yeah. So I was really gutted that I, I kind of ended up as high as I did. Dude, in the, uh, that's in the, in the time, but whatever, I completed it. Yo, for me, it was mile 22. So I went out in the country. I didn't run it with anybody, but I only brought mm. two 10 ounce bottles of water. Oh, and, wow. And I was like, hey, I'll be okay. And I bought the little fucking belt and I never drink water when I jog. And mile oh, okay. 22 hit. And I don't know, man, what fucking happened, but I literally thought I'd been watching videos about how the body starts to break down and your kidneys actually shut down on like mile 20. <laughs> and for some reason that got caught in my mindset. And then I had to literally walk a quarter mile, jog three quarters for the last four and a half. And I was yeah, like, it, yeah, it crushed like the pace, man. And it was so disheartening to not meet my goal. Like it just—it's funny that you remember yeah. your mile, and like I remember my mile when our bodies yeah. broke down. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I was thinking before, I wanted to make sure that I beat you in one aspect of life because I'm jealous that you're the dad bod <laughs> god. Um, is when you talk about a sedentary lifestyle, did you have like some sort of step counter tracker that was like your norm before and your norm after? So I didn't have it for my norm before. Right. Right. Because I, 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 I got my Apple Watch, yes, before I started this thing. Right. Um, I never really sort of tracked my steps as to how many steps I, I needed to do. But it's just, you know, as, as an attorney and, and, and many other businesses or work life, you're just at your desk. Yeah. And um, I didn't really, obviously, I was never tracking. I just knew, right. I just accepted that I'm sitting here at my desk do my work at my computer, I do my phone calls, do my meetings, whatever, get up, go to the bathroom, fine, come back, then I get up when I leave my office. When I was starting this and I realized I had to be on top of my steps, right? I was like, I do a bit of work, stand up, just walk around my office for a moment. When I do my phone calls, I take all my phone calls standing up and walking, okay. you know? Um, and so by the end of my work day, I've probably done already 4,000, 5,000 steps, right? Which was not bad for otherwise being at a desk. Yeah. So that at night, I just had to go and walk for like 45 minutes, an hour, and I got my other 5,000 and hit my 10,000 marker. What do you estimate your step count out was before? Probably three to 4,000, maybe 4,000. Yeah, man. I don't think it was any more than that. Like I just, definitely not more than four thousand. And that's just walking. Like you're not going for jog, dude. I can go for a. I, I jog pretty regularly. Whatever, like a three mile jog. And when we were remote teaching, so I'd sit at a mm -hmm. desk and I'd be on Zoom with kids for fucking eight hours. Yeah. And I was going stir crazy. I would leave with three hundred steps on my Garmin. I'd go for a three mile jog and be at eight thousand steps. And I'm like, yo, right. this is insane. The amount of inactivity my day is causing to my body. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, I, and you say that, and I said 3000, I think if I looked at probably the last couple of weeks, because I've, I've not been as regular in the gym because we just had our kid two weeks ago. Oh. Right. 
and so a lot of like being at home i mean granted i've been up and down a lot with you know holding the baby and all the rest of it but yeah i reckon three to four thousand is probably a bit high it's probably closer to two and a half to three thousand i think beforehand it was very very sedentary yeah i was very sedentary in my life yeah and then i think that's what causes the because i get energy when i move so i think if you're not moving and you have one of those jobs you start craving the sugary latte or the packet of m&ms and you do that twice and then all of a sudden, man, you're, you're, oh, yeah. you've just consumed so much extra sugar that has nowhere to go. And then you add this weight, which makes it harder to move. And it's just this weird snowball of inactivity that leads to that unhealthiness, man. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I said like one of the biggest health habits right, that I got was, was the, the walking. I love the fact that I'm just like, it's ingrained in me. I'm going to get up and go for a walk. You know, I get me time. I sort of like can have some peaceful time, right. which is helps with the stress and, and all the rest of it. Um, it's just all, all, all positivity that that's sort of happening, you know? So yeah, I think, you know, the gym is one thing, but there's so many other things and the body's one thing. But there's so many other habits I've gotten out of this journey, which as I said, ultimate performance definitely helped me get, give, gave me, and that's what they focus on giving those tools to, to their clients. Have you sort of noticed like a mentality stamina that comes along with it as well? Ability to focus, read, whatever uh, oh, lawyers yeah. need to do? hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you know, the first seven, the first seven, 10 days were just shitty in every respect. I had the keto headaches. I didn't feel sharp. I was lethargic. I was tired. But then afterwards, my body sort of like my brain rewired so much sharper. And, it, and it's true, right? A healthy body, healthy mind. I've just, so, I feel so much sharper, so much more energy, you know? Um, it, 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 it's, I can tell a, a huge difference. And it's not that I didn't, it's not that before I was conscientiously or, or, or I was aware of the fact that, hey, I'm sitting here and I'm not very sharp right now. I thought I was already pretty sharp with the work I was doing. But I, I definitely feel the difference and can tell the difference now. Do you, uh, I don't know if it is possible to think of an example, but is it something like you read more pages per minute? It's funny how you start working out or you start jogging and you're just fucking all about metrics, right? Like how many calories, yes. how many steps, yeah. how many miles per minute, everything. how many beats per minute? Like that, but that's very much like a fitness thing because it's, or maybe a life thing of those with goals because how do you know if you're good? You set a metric and you accomplish it, right? So I'm curious, right. mentally, did you start doing things like that where it was like, oh, dude, I've read 60 pages quicker or I feel in conversations, I'm thinking about different perspectives that allow me to find other cases or whatever it would be. Yeah, I, I, I would say really both. I was getting, I was able to get through work, like picking it up the first time. I was able to pick things up the first time a lot quicker, right? Um, so there was that. So I was definitely much more efficient in my review of things, right? And then, yes, in meetings, in conversations, I just felt more on the ball. I definitely felt much more on the ball in meetings. Yeah, I don't know if it's able to be... much lighter in the head. Yeah. You know, I wasn't so cloudy. Yeah, because I'm trying to... 
I'm thinking about myself in meetings and I'm like, how often do I just zone out? How often do I not care? How often do I kind of quit in the meeting? Mm. And I'm a teacher. It's not as high stakes as a lawyer, right? Like I, I have the ability to zone out and it doesn't really matter. But like, I feel like with lawyers and real professionals, like fucking engineers, like I don't want you zoning out. I need you locked in for that meeting and I need you like <laughs> high intensity during it. But I don't know how to, how one would measure that, the effect of fitness on your mental, on your mentality with work focus. You know, I don't know how that would be measured. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if, if you can really measure it other than how you feel at yeah. the time. And like I said, I just felt a lot sharper, more on the ball with things, picking things up quicker, multitasking much more easily. And, you know, women always accuse us guys of being shit multitaskers. <laughs> um, so I was, I, I felt like I could have a few more things going on and, and not sort of lose concentration of what's happening in each of those moments. Yeah, it's funny. I don't believe in multitasking, but I like what you said when you were like, I was able to pick up things on the first time. And I feel like multitasking is just getting shit done the first time. So you can kind of move on, you know, when to stop it so that you can come yeah, back yeah. to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things mm-hmm. for me where if you are mentally sharp, I guess people could call it multitasking. I just see it, you get more things done efficiently because you understand, you can plan. Mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. and when and why you should start stop something right right yeah dude how did the men's health thing happen how how did that connection occur yeah so i should have started with that man that's <laughs> no no, no. Like... It, it it's interesting because men's health does have um somewhat of a relationship with ultimate performance in that um I, I, I love this, right? If you look at the the email signature of Nick Mitchell, who's the CEO of, of Ultimate Performance, right? There's a quote from Men's Health in there, I think. Okay. He, he has it in the signature. And it says, they are the Apple, the Real Madrid, and I've, I've got it. I'm going to pull it up because I, I want to get it right, okay? <laughs> um, and, I, and I love it. It's right here. He goes the Goldman Sachs, Real Madrid, and Apple of personal training. They're that far ahead of the field. Whoa! Um, and 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 men's fitness is 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 the one that actually quoted it, it gave that quote right. And I really think it's true. I genuinely believe that. Um, so what what I'm what I the reason I bring that up is because I think men's health, men's fitness as a publication has been keeping an eye on ultimate performance mm. and what they do for people. So they have previously featured other clients, ultimate performance in their publications on their online or otherwise. They don't do it regularly. It's not paid for or anything else, but you know, if a client has particularly outstanding results, men's health will probably say, Hey, if you've got someone that's kind of really been through a journey and and done something special, looked special, right? And so I think they reached out to the UPS PR team, right, and said, hey, is there, is there anyone, you know, that you think is worth writing about? And their PR team in the UK said, hey, there's this guy in LA, right, who we 
he's done a phenomenal job. Um, and that's why I was really surprised that Mentel didn't post that after picture. <laughs> you know, like they saw the picture and were like, holy shit, man, this is a great picture. We want to write about this guy. Then post the fucking picture. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, you go on there and he sees this fat slob on there. Like, Dad, bro, like, come on, man, give me something. I'm like, hard for that. Dude, I, yeah, I forget when you, when you were sending me the pic, but the um, tattoo, it's a panther, right? On your arm? No, no, it, no, no. It's it's the dragon. The dragon. I'm sorry. I just saw the tail. Yeah, dude. I was yeah. like, that looks so fucking like. It just it the muscle definition when you have a tattoo like that that goes from the top of your shoulder almost yeah. down to your elbow yeah. is like that motherfucker's in the middle. Like he's killed somebody. Like he's been behind <laughs> enemy lines. And wouldn't that be the picture you want to put next to the dad bod? To be like, yo, and you're so right, man. Yeah. That that was that was a little fucked up. Yeah. So um, did you threaten to sue him at all? Were you like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put charges <laughs> on you. I'm gonna have this disputed. I need a retraction. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I I felt like reaching out to the editor, and be like, hey, man, you've got that picture. Why don't you show this picture? Because it really shows a stark contrast. If you're trying to get readers to be, you know, really see the change, that's the change. Yeah you know and then people say okay it's possible because i think if you see these pictures like even when i saw some of these pictures you think well that's not achievable right and and if you look like how i looked before or, or many others look you know that's totally unachievable that's for those other people out there but the reality is i'm a dad a regular joe who has a job who works who has a family life and all the rest of it yeah right like you know kind of i check the same boxes of many other people like yourself and all the rest of it, but it can be done and you can have these amazing results. And I, and I, I think that was a bit of a lost opportunity. Yeah. Do you know, you're so right. Cause like I look at if Ryan Phillippe's on the cover of fucking Hugh Jackman, I'm like, yeah, dude, love the abs. Chest looks great. I'm not hiring a personal trainer. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm not part of my day isn't to look like Wolverine. I don't get paid to yeah. do that. So of course you are on the cover of men's health. Of course you're that guy. But for someone like you, I would think it really would increase the audience and just the people like almost the article should have been more detailed into the nuts and bolts of here's your plan. First three weeks, bam, you know, like, like charts right. or tables yes. that could help people yeah. progress and increase whatever they needed, whether it be reps or decrease food gradually like that to me right. is makes me want to buy men's health because i'm like oh shit there's an easy thing i can put up on a calendar for myself as a dad who's dealing with a job who deals with coaching deals with kid life and you're like okay i can now put this on my schedule yeah exactly that's i think that's exactly right you know you you, you sort of give people that kind of have that life and say yeah i can i can i actually yeah, i can make this work yeah because there's this no there's nobody out there that clearly was able to do it. And there are many like that. So that wasn't the, the point of the journey didn't start with like a hope for being in men's health or getting a little bit of publicity at all. No, God, no. I mean, uh, my social media, to the extent I use my social media is primarily food posts. Oh. You know, my Instagram is food is at all. So no, um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I just don't post enough. My, the attention that I've got from from it as a result, right, was, I mean, it was a, like I said, it's sort of 
embarrassing but proud but sort of humbling experience you know but if it's been a positive experience for people where they can not just like you know fist bump and give me kudos for it but also say hey man i i kind of want to make that change as well and i and, and i think everyone who's approached me and, and said that hey i want to make that change what did you do all of them come from sort of the same place i want to just live a better life for my family i want to whatever right if i don't have family i just want to be in a better place and i've just realized i'm not in as good a place as i was because we knew you and you we thought you were in great shape before but clearly you're in whatever shape and you're much better now so with men's health were you in a were you done with the transformation or did you then you were like i'm really getting after this thing for five more weeks before they interview me how did the what was the timeline oh, yeah. like no no so I started this mid-November. April 22nd is when I had my photo shoot, which is the photos that I sent you over Twitter, right? Those those ones, and, and they're on my initial. So that was April 22nd, right? Mental health is not part of that conversation at any point. Not even on the radar. Uh, okay. When I got to that body fat percentage, which was about 9.8%, and I got to that shape, I said, right, you know, I was just getting at it. I said, now I want to start thinking about bulking up and adding that to my routine and now I can add all these carbs and all this fun stuff into my life right <laughs> and drinking and everything else but I can manage it now in a better way I want to do that I started so I started going through that and so you know all my performance and my trainer Chris were helping me with that um and going through it men's health didn't reach out I didn't that didn't happen until about July so a few months afterwards huh yeah a couple of months afterwards yeah like in, gotcha. in sort of like july time is when the, they reached out maybe mid-july or even right but i want to say like it was, it was sort of like around the july time and then you know a few weeks later they yeah. they sort of posted dude that makes it even cooler to me because it's not like you were doing it with this intention of i want to be a men's health guy right like it was mm -hmm. it seems more genuine it doesn't seem like it was a publicity thing yeah, and like it was a short-term thing, right? I was exactly. committed to a complete lifestyle change. Maybe it starts partly with, I want this particular body type and look. As you go through the journey, it becomes, I'm happier and feeling better about being healthier. And at the end of it, when I, when I say the end, it's, it's a constant journey. But when I say got hit that goal that I realized I was going to get to, which was this, this sub-10% body fat, Right. And initially I thought I was only getting to about 15%, but you just kind of addicted and get after it. Right. Um, I can't you know, sub 10%. You know, I was like, now I want to continue this. Um, and, and, and the body shape, what, what I, none of that was even top of mind. It was simply, I want to maintain these healthy habits and I want these to be sustainable. What can I do and what do I need to do? Yeah. It's part of my life. Part of the article that was funny talking about the body fat is like, yeah, I thought I was about 20% and I was shocked when I got to 30. Oh. How do they do? So I remember I went to a summer camp when I was maybe 11 and they had this mm. pincher and they basically went yes. to your love handle and then whatever it measured on the pincher was like, that's your body fat. Is, is that still yeah. how it's done or is it more scientific now? That, that is what they do, but they pinch multiple areas of your body. Okay. From your waist, your pecs, your biceps, your legs, your calves, your your chin, 
right, all over, right, to get an overall composition of what your body finds. Yeah, granted, for most people, it kind of is around that, that midriff area, right? But they, they, they pinch all over um, and, and see. So, yeah, I, I remember, like I said, I didn't think I was that bad out of shape. Again, talking about the people you're around and, you know, work out, and I went through this little thing of doing the insanity workouts, those hit workouts. Oh, did you do Shanti Insanity? Yeah. Dude, yeah. we got into that shit with the DVDs. Yeah, I fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. we had this upstairs Cape Cod, man, and I was doing whatever is fucking burpees and slide jumps, and then I'm like busting drywall on the second floor. <laughs> but I was like, fuck, man, I gotta do this on a better foundation. Dude, Sean T was the man when you talk about getting yeah. in shape and having those quick workouts. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, man. And you were yeah, doing that I mean, at the 30% body fat, huh? Yeah, well, probably at the, more at the, I, I was probably, because this was earlier on. So I said I started this in November. I did the insanity workout, say, from January to about April. So my body fat was definitely less. I probably was like yeah. mid-20s, like low-20s, right? And then I stopped them, right? Because like, okay, I can't be asked for doing this anymore. And I'm really going into the office more back to normal life, so it stopped. Uh... And then the body fat crept up a bit, right? Um, yeah, but I was like... Man, I, I, one of my friends would look to me, and you know, we have this small little group, chat group, and we post our pictures occasionally. And it's like, yes, dude, I think you're only about 20 something percent. So in my mind, it's like, I'm operating on this base, I must only be about 20 percent. Dude, when he measured me, and he's like, you're at 30 point something percent, 30.3 percent, you're three percent off being clinically obese. Fuck. I, it just completely completely crushed me and, and i think it motivated me at the same time i was like i really need to sit my shit out yeah 100 percent. i i feel like most people when they get that little cold water um it should motivate them how much did you weigh i was curious about that yeah 171 pounds so i weighed 171 pounds at five foot ten and 30.3 percent body fat dude that's yeah that's yeah that that's what i'll weigh tomorrow when i wake up I'm five ten. Yeah, so that's pretty average. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like you, so you don't, you don't look unhealthy. You don't yeah. feel like you're in bad shape. So it's very standard, like a very average body type yeah, in that respect, right? And so now, where am I? Well, at, at the time of that, when I got to the end, I was at nine point eight percent body fat, one hundred and forty six pounds, right? Now I'm at about one hundred forty nine, one hundred fifty pounds. So I've put a few pounds. And I'm probably at about 12% body fat, 11.5%. But I knew this, that I was going to do this. Again, back to having the tools. They said, all right, you've got to this, but where do you really want to go? Because we're going to add your calories and your carbs back in. Where do you think you want to maintain? I said, I would like to sort of maintain around 12%, right? Because that allows me to eat pretty much what I want within reason in a controlled, known manner. And... Then if I ever want to like, you know, if I know I'm going to go away somewhere and I kind of want to get in good beach shape, <laughs> I can drop that 2% in a couple of weeks, you know. With just so the I'll, diet I'll, habit, give up the extra yeah. carbs that you were eating? Yeah. And I just say, okay, so I can, I can play with it, which is fine. That's interesting. So the 12% number, is that just like an industry standard type thing? Or is for some reason you just picked it? I just picked it because I sort of saw what my body was like at 12%. Okay. And I said, I, I quite like that. I said, if I'm at 10% now, 12% isn't going to be that bad, right? 
I'm still going to look decent. And so, yeah, I think that's where I want to be. You know, I, even if I was at 14%, I, at 14%, I looked fine, you yeah. know, because I, because I know if that's my day today, then it, to drop three, four percent, I could do that in a couple of weeks, you know. Man. So I know I'd have the tools to do it because I'm maintaining these habits. Yeah, I think it's also interesting knowing the metric of, okay, if I need to lose weight or if I need to drop body fat percent, I know how to do it versus feeling lost. You're feeling out of control. Right. Like, man, I feel like shit or my, or I look like shit and I don't know what to do about this versus being equipped. Right, exactly. Yeah, like the first time, right, you go through it, it is that. It's very much that ladder feeling, that feeling like shit. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm lost. I'm just kind of going through this. But once you've gone through it, now you're equipped and ready. It's like go out into the field, do what you want because you know exactly what you're going to do, which is going to swing you one way or the other. So now you can make the choices you want because you know exactly what the impact's going to be. You're armed with it, yeah. which is great. It's a, it's a great feeling. Yeah, it, it's super empowering. Um, I It almost, fuck man. I wanted to ask about the diet, but now for some reason I'm thinking of um like Edward Norton and Fight Club. Oh yeah, yeah. Where like all of a sudden you just start getting fucking shredded and now you're Brad Pitt and you're just walking into rooms being like, I could fucking get this. Like I it, easily, even if I haven't trained in fighting, just the fact that I'm this fit, I could kill that motherfucker if I wanted to. And it does something for yeah. like an ego, from an ego standpoint and oh, confidence yeah. of just this aura that I'm, I, yeah, I'm the dude. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, like I said, I didn't think I lacked confidence before, but I can tell you sure as shit that afterwards and now my confidence is exponentially higher. Yeah. Exponentially higher because I just, I feel so good and I know I look good. Right. Yeah. And there is a bit of an arrogance or ego behind it. Healthy, not an unhealthy, yeah. but... You know, like, I, I went to Vegas, right, for my 40th birthday, like, kind of before it was actually my 40th. And I knew I was walking in there on Memorial Day weekend, and I always used to think, man, everyone in at the beach club is, is in amazing shape and healthy, and I was not that person. And I was like, I'm probably in the top five best bodies here at the moment of these 2,000 people, and I clearly was, you know, and I loved it. You know, I mean, I was was like, yeah, I can get it. I think it's a very interesting equity, right? Like people think of wealth and the confidence that comes from a bank account. And sometimes it can be underestimated the confidence that comes from your body as well. Like IQ, smart people can be like, man, I just have this confidence knowing about my intelligence. My bankroll gives me confidence. And the body is the same exact way, man. It's okay to be, I feel like it's kind of okay to be an elitist with your body as long as you're not trying to make other people feel like shit. You're trying to like inspire or help other people. Exactly. And that's why I said, like it was humbling because I I feel great, but it's really nice that it's inspiring the people that are around me and people I don't even know who reached out to me, you know, and say, yeah, you can do this. And like I said, it doesn't, not everyone has to have a six pack. But if I can help encourage and let you know, hey, this is, you can have a, you need, it's, it's good. It's, it's a good thing to have a healthier life, Yeah, you know, and, and, and give them the same tools and pass on those things that I've learned. When you say you feel comfortable eating whatever now, can you give me mm-hmm. like, like, um, like an example of a day where you're like, you feel free or whatever? I don't, I don't know how to ask that. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, you, no, 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 you, no, you, you're asking it entirely appropriately it's not just it's not just a day it's it's sort of in every meal i can 
I don't feel bad. Like, hey, I'm going to go and we're going to go out, we're going to have a bowl of pasta. I'm going to go down and have some lentils and rice or, you know, we're going to get food from outside. I know I can pretty much eat what I want, right? But my portion control is better. Oh. And I'm going to make sure not every meal is that way, right? Um, I, I, I can look at them and say, this is probably this much carbs, this much here, okay, I kind of want to set my daily target to here so i can eat whatever i want i just eat it and approach it in a in a better manner and my body's able to use it as fuel because i'm maintaining my activity right if i was eating these things but not maintaining my activity i'd go to shit so like i said because the activity is there now my body's saying i need that fuel because i need i'm going to burn through it and that's going to help me be stronger if i want a bulk up i need to eat that yeah, dude, that just made me think of a really good point about when you eat out the portions at restaurants. Like a typical dinner portion is not a fucking individual portion in any sense of the way. Like in any sense of the manner. If it came with a nutrition label, it would be like 900 calories per serving, serving of three. And yeah. like that's your oh, yeah. dinner and you're like, wait, should I be eating all of this? I think that probably – to me would be the most empowering thing would be the portion control of I can enjoy, but within moderation, like I don't have to have 12 chocolate chip cookies. I'm just going to have two and it's going to be yeah. okay. Cause right. I, I feel like shit after. Yeah. And I, I don't need, like when they bring out the plate of noodles, I don't need to eat that whole plate of noodles. Yeah. Right. You know, what? I'll have some noodles. It's going to satisfy my craving and what I want. Yeah. And my fit. But I'm going to have a bit more of, say, the chicken or the other proteins or some veggies, right? Yeah. And I'm going to put, fill my plate up with a bit more of that stuff where I've, I've been able to enjoy my noodles and have everything else. And the meal has been much more balanced this time. Yeah. I'm making healthier food choices, doing what I want to do. And you don't think you could have gotten to the 9%? Well, clearly, I guess because it's math, you wouldn't have gotten to the 9%. But you don't think you could have reduced portions and gotten the results or it just wouldn't have been as efficient? Like it would have taken you a year and a half versus the, what'd you yeah, say? Five and I, a half I don't months? Think, I, I don't think, yeah, rather than five months, it would not have been as efficient. And I don't know that I necessarily would have gotten to that either. Huh. Even then, you know, because portion control is one thing, but like I said, it's one, you know, that's why lots of people, they go, you know, many people go on diets and they focus on calories, right? They say, all right, if I reduce my calories by X amount, that will do it, right? But if you have 1,500 calories in, but you still consume 200 grams of carbs and only a bit of protein, your body's going to focus on eating through that before it even starts to touch your fat, you know? So I think you, you, you do have to go through, you have to get much more granular in the approach, God, right, to, to see those results. Yeah, during the school year, I literally have a fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day for breakfast. And I'm just yeah. like doing the numbers in my head. I It's wheat bread, which I guess isn't even that great for you. And I'm like, man, if I just were to adjust that to like three eggs real quick in the morning versus that. It'd make a huge difference, right? Yeah, right? Like why not? Yeah. And, and, you know, again, you don't have to then say, I'm going to have eggs every day, not my PVA sandwich every, yeah. every day. But now you only have it a couple of times. Yeah. So, yeah, again, right, the, by going through this and focusing on the macros, now I'm much more in tune when I go back to a regular diet to know, okay, this is what I'm looking at. 
and it's a different approach which is healthy but it's not inconvenient either yeah yeah so that's probably what drops it the most is the inconvenience i mean we've spoken about the awkwardness a bunch but the inconvenience of why do i eat a pbj for me it's because i can eat it on the way to work so i make the sandwich i get to sleep in an extra five ten minutes because i don't really have to cook grab a sandwich right eat it on the way to work it's convenient and yeah. like that's eggs to me are not convenient because I have to do the do the Can't dishes when I'm done, <laughs> right? Like yeah. I've got to wake up earlier to get it. And um, yeah, I but, think, you know, like now it's like you can take a Greek yogurt, you can take a parfait, you could have some grilled chicken, you could have protein shake, and quickly blend the shake instead, you know, yeah. and still throw a bit of peanut butter in there because you've got good fat in there and protein and everything else. Yeah, that's you know? something, man. I'm I almost I. I might try to get into in my last three weeks of summer is getting into a shake habit for like my midday food, like my yeah. mid morning, my breakfast thing. Do you have something that you're pretty into shake wise? Yeah. I mean, I, if I'm not going to have say a bowl of cereal in the morning or toasted eggs or, or something like that, then often I'll, I'll do like a, a shake with some berries, a banana, some almond milk rather than whole milk. Throw a bit of peanut butter in there, right? Maybe some chia seeds, um, bit of uh, chocolate protein powder, maybe. Super filling, it, and it's healthy. So that's kind of that's something I I do a fair amount of. And I don't get bored. It kind of hits all my spots because I love. I've got massive sweet tooth. Yeah. And it's perfect, right? Peanut butter, chocolate, strawberries. It's like it's got everything I want. Yeah, seriously. Do you pre-prep that? Or no, I, no, I just do it. I mean, it takes a couple minutes in the morning. It doesn't take any longer than yeah, you know eggs. a PBJ sandwich. Just chuck it in a blender and boom, done. Yeah. Throw the berries in. Throw your pro, you know, scoop your protein shake, spoon in your 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 peanut, your peanut butter and some coconut milk. Done. It's it's very quick. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, my friend. I don't. It's, yeah, this part of why I like just talking with people because it helps you to realize these like excuses you have in your head how they're not realistic or they don't have to be realistic. Yes. They may feel realistic to you, but they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're fucking excuses. They're not real. It's not yeah, reality. That, that, exactly. That's it. We always end up, uh, I know by the way, I have to leave in a moment and she's just come on camera, but oh, that's um, fine. she's beautiful. No, I'm, I'm going to finish my call in a moment. Sorry. This Dude, was, don't be sorry. She's gorgeous. She's a great looking yeah, girl. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's um, we make so many excuses for why we're not doing things, but if you just sort of take stuff and say, "I, I got to do them," yeah. Anyway, I've man, I had no excuse not to do this before. Right, dude. So, I, and I know you're pressed with time. The last thing I'd like to talk about, as much as you can, or as much insight as you can mm -hmm. offer, the sleep was very interesting to me. The fact that you slept differently after feeling this way, and the balance of stress. And I'm curious, like stress with being the business owner, feeling like you always have to produce in this weird capitalistic way, or just like you felt that you hadn't worked your mind out. But talk, uh, elaborate a little bit yeah. on the effect of yeah. your sleep. So, you know, like I said, at the beginning, because, because I had such a carb deficit, I only had so much food I could that would get me through the day. And when you add all that activity from working out in the gym and going for walks, right, 
by the end of the day, I was exhausted. So I naturally, my body needed to sleep longer. By sleeping longer and having much deeper sleep, I allowed my, you know, when you sleep, that's your body's time to clean up, right? The entire system. Um, so the, the deficit in the diet meant I had only enough fuel to get me through my day up to a certain point. It made sure that I was tired, forced me to be tired. Hmm. And then it allowed me to sleep better versus um, still having too much energy by the time I got to bed. Maybe I had a coffee late in the day or whatever else, you know, and I had too much energy and then I had a very restless mind and then an overactive mind. You know, my, I, it, so this, this transformation, this diet, this routine forced me into longer and deeper, better sleep, right? So being healthier, being more active meant that I was just sleeping better. And, and that overactivity that's there because of like this capitalist mind, right? This, I've got to, I've got to work, I've got this thing going on, this thing going on, this thing going on. I couldn't even do that. I was too tired to do that. So before I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd, I'd be alert and I'd let me go and do these things, and I'd wake up and say, man, she need to crash again. Yeah, it's funny to hit that lip because you would think your work life worries that used to be there on your mind. I mean, they're still there in reality, right? Like work's still For there. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But my body was not allowing me to let those kind of take a priority, right? And say, hey, we need to focus on those. Like, no, you're too tired. We need to focus on still repairing this body. Gotcha. And cleaning up toxins and everything else and get ready for another day yeah like we had today another active day you know yeah i mean that's probably why people feel the need to drink at night i I knew dude i know i feel like i feel i sleep better if i have a glass or five of wine because <laughs> i'm like yeah, yeah i can get like six hours of sleep right yeah knocked out logic, you, you know you got to have your tea you got to have your sleeping pill and it's like, yeah. or you could just go exhaust yourself for an hour and then see what happens. Yeah, and you're not going to wake up feeling like shit the next day, right? Yeah, and bloated, man. Um, Simon, and thank you so much for scheduling so much time to um, come on and just talk about your experience, man. I um, I do find it inspiring for me as a mid-40s guy, and I feel like that's our age range where people are pretty active. I can't believe you're doing like Sean T, you're doing the marathon thing, and you still were at that 30 percent 170 like that's pretty fucking active to 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 be at that weight you comparatively speaking it really is shocking yeah yeah no but but again context and remember that the marathon i did in 2016 if you measure my body fat when i did that i was probably i would say there i probably was at 20 percent right right when I did the marathon, then again, it went up again. Um, when I was doing the, the Sean T, I was probably low 20s. Yeah. Right. But what I'm saying but is went, you're yeah. active. And then what happens? A couple months and damn, you know, like, right. but I think that's what happens in life. Sustainable. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, man. Those, none of the, I was not getting good habits out of any of those things. I was just getting a thing. Yes. And then result, I finished a marathon. I did some Sean T you know, but I wasn't equipped with anything else. Yeah. This time around, I am equipped. I know I'm a, fully equipped. Yeah. 
Dude, I, I mean, that's what I think is the thing I'm taking is like, you can be active, but it's got to be a lifestyle thing. Like LeBron James lifestyle thing. Like when that dude goes on vacation, yeah. part of his vacation is working out. He's like, it's just what I do. Yeah. You know, now it's yeah. part of my life. I seek that. Um, so yeah, dude, thank you for being willing to share and give insights and um, take time away from your family and your, you know, your parents and your um, kids to uh, just get your message out there, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, like I said, it's a very humbling experience. Uh, privilege. I'm, 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 I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm, I'm always available. If anyone has questions or whatever else, if you've ever got questions and want to talk about it, I'd love to talk about it. I love talking about the shit now. Yeah, no doubt. Dude, dude I'm, I'm probably going to hit you up with just some dietary things because I don't, I don't want to go on too long, but like now I feel like I'm going to punish my kid if all of a sudden I'm like Friday night pizza night. Yeah, you can make your pizza, 12-year-old, but I'm just going to have grilled chicken. <laughs> you know, like I, I feel like it's going to be some sort of like psychological in, impediment to her growth. It's, I'm going to stun her in some way. Um, so, no, yeah. no, you you help her understand healthy. Yeah, you can talk me through like, that, I'm man. I'm to do that. Yeah, and yeah. what we'll do is um, um, we'll put any of your social stuff, we'll put that in the pod's description. So if people are looking to get up with you, um, those links cool. will be yeah. in the pod's description, okay? Yeah, I'll send that one across. All right. Cheers, awesome, man. Yeah, enjoy your night. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Search up Andre Psyche on social media. Give him a follow just for the fuck of it. Dear listeners, if you've enjoyed getting to know today's guest or just want to support this upstart podcast, go to our Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, your donation will help with all the costs associated with producing the Getting to Know You pod. Don't forget the three free ways to support the pod. One, subscribe to the Getting to Know You pod. Two, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, three, go to Apple, write a review. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. If you're interested, just message us. See you.